three Illyrian warriors, I said. The greatest Illyrian warriors are having a snowball fight. Moore's eyes practically glowed with wicked delight. Since they were children, they're over 500 years old. Do you want me to tell you the running tally of victories? I gaped at her, then at the field beyond, at the snowballs that were indeed flying with brutal, swift precision as dark heads popped over the walls they'd built. No magic, Moore recited. No wings, no breaks. They've been out here since noon. It was nearly three. My teeth began chattering. I've always stayed in to drink, Moore supplied, as if that were an answer. How do they even decide who wins? Whoever doesn't get frostbite? I gaped at her over my clacking teeth. This is ridiculous. There's more alcohol in the cabin. Indeed, none of the males seemed to even notice us. Not as Azrael popped up, launched two snowballs sky high, and vanished behind his wall of snow again. A moment later, Reese's vicious curse barked toward us. Asshole! Laughter laced every syllable. Moore looped her arm through mine again. I don't think your mate is going to be the victor this year, my friend. I leaned into her warmth, and we waded through the shin-high snow toward the cabin, the chimney already puffing against the clear blue sky. Illyrian babies indeed. Welcome to the House of Wind Book Club. I'm Hannah. And I'm Amber. This is a fan podcast where we discuss our current book obsession. We're going to break down chapters, characters, themes, and, let's be honest, gossip about our theories relevant to the magical, fairy-filled lands of Prithian. Just so you know, this podcast will contain spoilers and is explicit. We swear and we talk dirty. If you don't get worked up over the phrase, grab the headboard, or hello, Farrah darling, then proceed with caution. We hope you enjoy being a part of our book club. Stay smutty. Hello there, listener darling, and welcome back. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. To another fun-filled episode of the House of Wind Book Club with your illustrious hosts, me, Hannah. And me, Amber. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) <laughs> we hope your January is going beautifully so far, and we hope you recovered from last week's episode, to be honest. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, I hope you but... guys did some self-care after that episode. <laughs> I know I did. I ate like half a pound of chocolate after it, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this this episode, we're just, we're just keeping her rolling, keeping her moving. We're trying we're trying to find the good in the chaos when it comes to Nesta. At least I, I'm trying really hard, specifically in this episode, um un- until it's impossible to. But we're doing our best. You also have to understand, you guys, right now, like we said last episode, Amber and I are we were knee deep and now we're balls deep in this reread of the SJM universe. SJM everything. And SJM everything. I have a schedule. <laughs> I am listening at 1.75 speed so I can get this shit read. But I am on Silver Flames right now. I'm finally I'm finally enjoying it now. I'm a, I'm like past the very beginning, but it's still Nesta. <sighs> Let me just say Cassian is the only person the only reason that that book, the beginning of it is redeemable and like somewhat enjoyable. And it's going to leak into this episode, I think, my feelings for Nesta. So just know, you guys, that that I think we're both on Silver Flame right now. And we're mm-hmm. we're not too happy with our gal Nesta right now. So no. 
But it's gonna leak you know, into Frost and Starlight. But I like like I did say, like I I feel like I can find a lot of silver linings in this in these chapters in particular. So Good. I'm excited. Good. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be holding on to what you put out there because mm-hmm. I'm a little upset. I'll be, I'll be your little bubble of positivity for today. <laughs> Thank you. I need it. I need it. <laughs> oh man. Well, we'll get into this week's episode. Um remember, like we were saying last episode, if you are doing a reread uh for preparing for Flame and Shadow coming out perfect way to do that is through audible you can change listening speeds you can listen while you do your dishes while you drive it's a great way to get those books in because we all know that they're thick with two c's and they are behemoths to get through um so check that out on audible you can get a free month trial and get one of those titles for free when you go to www.audibletrial.com slash house of wind Another really great way to prepare for Flame and Shadow coming out at the end of the month is to take a peek. Take a little peeky at our Patreon. We now have our Tier 2, which is live. We have done and are going to release slash it will already be released by the time this episode comes out. Um, Mm -hmm. A recap and a dive into the three extra chapters from Crescent City. So those were really really fun to talk about and to read and just get a little bit more insight into a couple of the different characters it was just it was really it was really fun really interesting to do that so we hope that yes you all have a chance to look at at that and join in on the crescent city fun that is about to unfold in the next couple months (laughs) Ooh, yeah, it's gonna be wild. We have lots of fun things Crescent City related over the next couple months coming out for the Valkyrie tier. So come yes. check it out. And for our other tier, the tier one, um, we also have an episode called Our Favorite Sex Scenes, where we talk about two mm-hmm. of our favorite sex scenes. And this is not just SJM. We're talking like across the board. So tune into that. We do deep dive into sexy fun things. That episode was <laughs> also fun things. That episode was also so much fun. Oh my god, it was <laughs> it, it was wild. I just want to say I was recording it while my husband's family were all like walking around the hallways. So I was trying to be as proper as I could be. But I still had to, you know, unleash my my smutty side. So yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> It was a good time. I loved that episode. Go check it out. You just might find, you know, a new book that you want to get into from some of the sex scenes we talk about. Heck yeah. Okay. Last episode, we started out with Farah finding Nesta in the shitty bar that she was deigned to visit. And Farah was trying to encourage her to come to Solstice, but Nesta wasn't exactly warming to that idea. So we had that whole debacle, and then we got a Reese point of view with Reese and Moore walking through Valaris, and they were not only discussing the recovery efforts, but they also kind of had a step toward mending their relationship slightly, and we discovered that Reese wants Moore to kind of serve as an individual to create allies across the lands, because we know that there's another possibility of a war with whoever whomever you know (laughs) there's so many Mm -hmm. forces at play right now and who better than more to try to create as many allies for the night court as possible we ended with a chapter that was very very impactful farah was speaking to a weaver when her and elaine were walking around looking for solstice presence and they came into the shop and found a weaver who had created a piece called The Void. And Feyre learned that the weaver's husband did not make it back from the war. And this conversation just blossomed into, honestly, Feyre's own healing a little bit more because it helped not only her understand how lucky and fortunate her and Reese are to both have walked out of that war alive, um, but also the fact that Feyre needs to continue creating it's really really important that she continues to engage in her art and so she does just that she returns to the studio to paint only to be caught by Racina. and Farah has this idea that maybe 
just maybe, art can help more than just her. And lastly, Farah has her kind of last-ditch effort to visit Amrin to discuss Nesta. And although Amrin is questionable at times, she is certainly a loyal friend and basically says to Farah, I am not going to gossip about Nesta, nor will I make any promises about talking to Nesta. So that's that. (laughs) That is that. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that's impressive given that I'm pretty sure... Or wait, maybe this is leaking in from Silver Flames. Have they fought? Have Amran and Nessa had their fight yet? Or is that something that's down the line? That's in the future. Okay. Sorry, guys. It's hard for me to keep it all straight right mm-hmm. now. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, because right now in Frost and Starlight, um, Nesta is... Oh, shit. Am I getting the confused, too? I'm pretty so sure they're. Got... I'm pretty sure they're at the point where Nesta is visiting Amran weekly. Yes, they're still because yeah, why else would Farah? Yeah, because why else would yes. Farah go to Amran? Yeah, okay, right. Yeah, sorry, so... I messed that up. <laughs> it happens. Okay, chapter sixteen. It's solstice, and we are gifted Yay. with a Reese point of view. Thank the gods. Uh, yes, in true form, Reese just. It's Reese, Cass, and Az, and they're in this tiny little bedroom where Cass and Az are sleeping, right? The night before, Cass and Az got so drunk, they didn't even make it up to bed. Uh, so, But now, at this point, we have three giant Illyrian men in this tiny little room, and Reese just looks at Cass as he plops this gigantic bag down on the bed, and Reese is like, you brought weapons to Solstice? Like, What? And Cass Cass just replies, the females bring their jewelry, I bring my weapons. And Reese, ever the feminist, right? People, ever the feminist, just says, I know a few females in this house who might take offense to that. And (laughs) I mean, of course, like, of course, Cass is like saying it almost to get a rise out of Reese. But at -hmm. the same time, we're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone who came to this house probably has some weapon or two hidden god knows where in this house (laughs) right definitely (sighs) and then we get some lovely banter and as and Cass are complaining about their accommodations they're like listen these beds are tiny don't we deserve a little bit better than this and reese is like it's better than the attic where lucian gets to stay if he decides to show up and they're like oh yeah true i'm like come on come on get stuck in the attic like little lucy (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. And this is reason number 34 why As loves Elaine. Mm-hmm. Because at the mention of Lucian, Cass is like, you want to make a bet if Lucian's even going to show up? And normally, Cass, As, and Reese are like all about making bets about the shit. But As is yes. like, no. Would you want people betting on you? To which Cass has a very fair point. And he's, he's like, um... You assholes bet on me all the time. I remember the last one you did. You and more making wagers about whether my wings would heal. And this is like (laughs) a big thing to be just like casually betting about. But there they were. Yeah. Betting being assholes. You know, like (laughs) that's just how they are. And we can't even make a bet if Lucian's going to show up. Like as is just screaming like territorial alpha hole. A little bit here yes yeah but i also love it like Elaine i do love that. it too she yeah. does and so the conversation shifts and Cass, per usual he's like have we have we gathered any more information about where this distrust and there's there's been this increasing like negative talk about reese and the inner circle in general um among the illyrian war camps right and so Cass is asking Reese and As if they have figured out where it's coming from. And although As and Reese have their suspicions, as of now, they're keeping it from Cass. Because the dude, the man needs to relax a little bit. And everyone knows he's not going to relax if they tell him. So I think I think that it's honestly really sweet that they're keeping it from him, even though Cass would be so pissed if he knew they were keeping it. 
from it's it's one of those yeah it's one of those things where it's like if it's bad news that isn't urgent and it can wait like it's best to let someone enjoy you know enjoy your solstice don't look back on it with bad memories let's tell you when it's done you know agree it it can wait yeah if it was something like you know really bad and urgent like no that's different but this is eh, this is fine this is fine this is fine a solstice having a fun happy solstice is it's just more much more important than this and so again we we're looping back to them complaining about their small beds and blah 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 and reese just chides in is like careful how you whine farah calls us illyrian babies often enough (laughs) right can you just imagine these three huge men being like be careful we already have one of our mates that calls us big babies all the time. Like, maybe we should not complain about this. And and beautiful as simply says, well, her flying has improved enough that I think she's entitled to do so. And that's just, that is oh, I love that. such, yeah. I mean, that's a high compliment from as, especially when he doesn't say stuff like that. And it. Right. This chapter, I am obsessed with this chapter because we really get to see how obsessed Reese is with Farah. Because just hearing this come mm-hmm. out of As As's mouth, Reese is like flooded with pride. It, yes. And this is a quote: "Pride rippled through me. Perhaps she wasn't a natural, but she made up for it with sheer grit and focus." And listen, this is so beautifully normal, and I. I because a lot of fantasy books in particular that we read, the all of the main characters are like flawless and they're just mm-hmm. naturally good at literally everything. And Farah is not yeah. like that. Does she paint a no. lot? Yeah. Is she the best painter? Is she a phenomenal painter? She might be, but it's a little bit left up to interpretation. So, you know, I don't think she's necessarily the best. When she realized she could basically conjure wings, could she fly right away? Absolutely not. Even now, she's not quote unquote a natural, but she still has improved immensely because she's not giving up. Yes. I, I love, just that. love that. She it's has to work so, for it. Yeah. I I like I feel like SJM does that with like a lot of her a lot of her characters where it's like Aelin has her parts about her that we don't innately like and she also has things that she's like working through and on like during her journey as well and same with Bryce and I just think I don't know I just like the way she writes her main characters I agree it's like you I hate when you pick up a book and it's just like she's witty and pretty and funny and strong and like she can do all of these things she struggles for five minutes but then she masters it and it's like it just isn't realistic, even for, like, right. a fantasy novel. <laughs> hmm Yeah, love so, this. Yeah. And Reese ends their chattering. And he just looks at Cassie's like, you know what? Maybe I'll get you a new bed for Solstice. Maybe that's what I got you. So maybe you should stop complaining and we should go open presents. And as just mutters under his breath, better than Moore's presents. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just love how front and center it always loops back to more shitty gifts yeah it just always loops back to that and it's i i love it oh my god it's so good <laughs> and okay we're, we're creeping up on the present part but they all go downstairs and the boys are in the sitting area we're all in the sitting area and the celebration has finally started and the first thing that reese thinks when he sees Farah, quote, she looks radiant. As Farah emerged from the kitchen hallway, I took a moment to simply drink her in from where I sat in an armchair near the fire. That's it. That's so. It is so poetic. The little things that don't go unnoticed by Reese because this is he's wanted this his entire existence and he does not take for granted that he has her 
for one moment. Nope. I think that is my number one thing that I just adore about Reese is that he will never, has never taken advantage of having Farah there and loving him and him loving her and just having that be their everyday life. He he appreciates that and soaks in the beauty of just having that existence with her. And is he over the top sometimes? Yeah. But it's because <laughs> he can never forget how fortunate that they are to have each other. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, I love it so much. It it really is like it's so heartwarming. And I love I love that he never gets tired of looking at her. Like, no matter what she's wearing or what she's doing, I feel like he always is just looking at her with admiration. She could literally be, like, vomiting, and he'd be like, damn, no one's ever vomited so beautifully. Right. <laughs> and, uh, like, he just, just looking at her, he, like, appreciates her, but then a second later, he gets himself all hot and bothered, thinking about how mm-hmm. he's going to peel her midnight blue dress off of her, you know? And he he's, like, getting descriptive in his mind at this point, until Amran kicks him and just says, you make me vomit. And, he, and she just says, rain in that scent of yours, boy. I'm like, okay, so you only like to stew in your own sense. Got it. No one else's. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Throwback to last episode. Yeah. I love that. Mm. <laughs> and then oh, God. I, there's just like personalities are just coming out in full force at this solstice party. Cass, being the instigator that he is, just looks at Varian and is like, do you even celebrate solstice? Like basically saying like, why, why are you here? Do you, Do you even, even care? Solstice, bro? Do you even solstice? <laughs> to which Farian, who I am so excited to get more of, um, yes. he quips back with just as much sass. He looks at Cass and is like, in the summer, obviously, there are two stol- solstices. There is a <laughs> winter and a summer solstice, you fucking moron. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, and, God. But, but Cass just looks at him and says, huh, are there really? You know, just bullshit sarcasm. and But the kicker is that Amran just says, hmm, don't bother answering him. Cassian is precisely as stupid as he looks and sounds. Oh, burn. Sick burn. I love and that. The thing that the thing about Cass that he's just he's not only good at being like quippy, but at this, he just lifts his glass and takes a drink. He's like, yup. I think that's one of the best things about him is he knows how to take a joke like like he lets people shit on him when it's like a joking loving like you know he's not like oh my god like he's like yep you know what i am a dumb brute especially tonight because i'm drinking cheers (laughs) i'll drink to that yeah (laughs) oh man so farah basically saves varian from the onslaught that is cassian and she realizes that Tarquin also, like, doesn't celebrate winter solstice. So she tells Varian, she's like, if you wanted to invite him, he would be more than welcome. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, the most beautiful part of this entire chapter is something so simple. And it's just Reese adoring Farah. Again, all she does, she comes and stands next to him. And he tugs her down to perch on the rolled arm of the chair. Quote, She did so with a familiarity that warmed something deep in me, not even bothering to look my way before her arm slid around my shoulders. Just resting there. Just because she could. Mate. My mate. Oh. Oh. I love that so much. It's just like that. It's one of those things where they already have the level of just, like, being together for years. You know when you've just been with someone for such a long time, you just have that deep familiarity of just, you know, I just feel like I I always know where Riley is in proximity to me in any room. And it is just that, like, feeling of, I don't know, it's like they just understand each other and just the... Not even having to look at each other with the feeling that love. 
oh, it just like speaks to my heart. I love it so much. And it's, again, I think that the thing is just the small things that are showing the most amount of love. It's not these huge gigantic gestures of love it's the it's the small things it's the little things so it's don't forget to appreciate the little things in life oh always appreciate the little things because sometimes those are the biggest victories and also sometimes it's really easy for people to make one big gesture to try and say i love you but all of the little shit in the day-to-day life in my opinion is way more romantic than big sweeping gestures i think agreed which yeah so this just feels i don't know this just felt it just made you feel all like warm and cozy and like familiar you know like i just Mm -hmm. i love that feeling all right chapter 17 we're gonna continue with the warm fuzzies (laughs) (laughs) so pharaoh wakes up on solstice morning to a hangover we've all been there and a birthday present from Reese. Because remember, Feyre's birthday is on solstice. And she would love everyone to forget that, but we all remember. Right. <laughs> uh, as we know, Feyre doesn't like to celebrate a birthday, but Reese wants to celebrate our beautiful high lady, as he should. So she opens her present, which is this elegant black sketchbook with her initials stamped on the front. And of course... Pharaoh loves it. And then Reese just like waves his hand and summons a second present. And she's like, dude, you did like, come on. And he's like, are you serious? Do you think I was just going to get you a sketchbook? And then she opens it and it's this blue scarf, which Reese says, this is so you can stop stealing Moors, (laughs) which I love that too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like get your own, like you can have your own scarf. It's okay. And then a third present appears and it's a satchel for her painting supplies. Also has her initials and like the night court insignia on it. All stunning and beautiful. And Farah loves her presents. And I just love this so much because Reese knows that our girl is not into jewels and finery. She appreciates the simple things. And he got her like things that she needs, but that she like wouldn't really have gotten herself because we got that glimpse of her last episode where she feels like these things are just not a necessity. So she'll never get them. And I like it that it was just, they were all very thoughtful gifts. Yep. Very. Yes. Very intentional, but also Mm -hmm. like, yeah, something that she'll probably use on a daily basis and think of him and, Obviously, he was thinking of her and paying attention. I don't know. It's just small and sweet. Yeah. Again, it's the little things. Oh, love it. So, Feyre kisses Reese, and he holds her there, kissing her deeply and lazily, quote, as if he'd been content to do nothing but that all day. <sighs> do, do it. Do that all day. Just do, do that it all day. day and let us read about it. Yeah. That's all I want. <laughs> Oh, that's what I want for Solstice. (laughs) Farah does pull herself away, though, and only to say that she wants to draw him as a present to herself. And he gives her a wicked grin, and she simply says, You said once that nude would be best. Ah! Clothes gone. (laughs) Snap. Instant. Like, literally, Reese, like, snaps his fingers and uses his powers to just, like, I think he's already naked, must be. The curtains just, like, whoosh open, providing Pharaoh with, like, every ounce of light she needs to sketch his gloriously naked body. He's, like, bathing in the sunlight. Reese is such a cat. He is. He is such a cat. (laughs) And then he says to her, quote, do your worst curse breaker. Oh, I love them. Hmm. I could just read scenes like this. Like, just give me that for an entire book. That's all I want. (laughs) Just the sexual adventures of Faye Sand. Honestly, that should be the title of the book as well. I want a novella. Right. That is a novella. (laughs) A Court of Sexual Adventures of Faye Sand. (laughs) 
yes a thousand percent sjm that's (laughs) our request but we want az's book first yes because can i also brief tangent can i just say i literally had to go take a walk outside in the snow today because listening to silver flames i forgot how like steamy that book is like in comparison (laughs) to like we like we were like Walking up a hill, walking up a hill, bam! We just like jumped off a cliff when it came to Silver <laughs> Flames. Like we're in full smut territory. Like, oh my god! I love it. Don't get me wrong, but I just like wasn't prepared. Like I had it playing out loud, and then I had to like put my headphones on because I was like, oh my god! Like I cannot listen to this out loud. No, absolutely not. Inappropriate. <laughs> oh, but so let me just if, if it ramped up that much for Cassian's book, SJM, you just you just keep following your heart, babe. Keep Crank following your heart when it comes to Azriel's book. Crank it you up. are doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Crank up the heat. We want more. <laughs> oh God. So Feyre spends the next few hours filling up her new sketchbook with images of Reese's wings, tattoos. And that fine as hell birthday suit, y'all. <laughs> Probably has mm, so many mm, just mm. like penis sketches. <laughs> <laughs> and Reese approved <laughs> of all of Farah's renderings of him. And Farah knows the sketchbook is rated R and definitely has to be kept top secret. Like no one else can see this. Yes. The front of it says classified information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> classified. Oh, man. Yeah, so, But Reese you can like. Sorry to interrupt, but you could to- I could totally see Reese like grabbing the sketchbook and running mm-hmm. downstairs away from her and her mm-hmm. being like, no, no. And him like opening the book downstairs and showing everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I look could at what see they that. Drew. Oh, my God. It's so accurate, right? <laughs> yep. I could just see that perfectly. Oh my god. That's so just hilarious. imagine how that would go down because I want I think that could be canon. That is head canon to me at this point now. It happened. <laughs> it's a canon event. <laughs> just like the reel I made of more coaching Cassie and how to dance. Hell like yeah. that a thousand percent happened and you cannot convince me otherwise. Yes. Hell yeah. Oh man. So Reese and Farah go down to the dining room for breakfast. And Reese is wearing his fighting leathers. And Farah's like, hmm, that's sus. Don't know why he's wearing those. Like, kind of kind of strange. And they arrive in the dining room. And no one else is there. And we learn that Moore had more to drink than Farah did. So she definitely won't be down anytime soon. So She is they- KO'd somewhere. Dying yeah, Moore's getting much needed sleep. Death. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm 500 years old. And even though I'm a fan, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they begin their breakfast, and Cassian and Asriel, like, Farah's seeing them, like, sneak up on Reese, and they're wearing their leathers and shit eating grins. And they capture reese mid like tea pour <laughs> and they just start hauling him towards the door as fair is just casually like biting into her pastry and she's just like bring him back in one piece please like she has no idea what the fuck is she going on no clue no clue she's just like all right this is oh, sure bye um and then Cassian's like I promise we'll take care of him and Asriel's like if he can keep up and they just keep dragging him towards the door and Reese is just like tradition and then they're gone like that's supposed to explain literally anything and she's just like so yeah she's just so content to be like huh that was fucking weird better finish my pastry (laughs) right she's like back to my croissant <laughs> and like, like oh Capuchino. yes what, what was i doing and then i love how she just also she finishes hers and then she takes the one that she put on Reese's plate. <laughs> she's like and i'll have a second one too <laughs> if you insist oh darn he's not here to eat that he won't miss i it. guess this will be tradition as well so <laughs> one for me just- one two for me it's fine i'll eat, I'll eat all the solstice baked goods that's fine yeah. Oh, man. So Farah, I mean, she does enjoy her breakfast alone. 
So that's nice. And she's like, also, it's great. Like, seems like the Bat Boys forgot it was my birthday, and that's what I want. I hate my birthday. Glad they forgot. <laughs> LOL. Do you really think they forgot Feyre? So Feyre, <laughs> with nothing else to do, also just pop. I'm sorry, you cannot be that lovable. You cannot be that beautiful of a person and think that people are not going to want to celebrate you. Yeah. Feyre. Stop. I do. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I do get it, though, because I hate my birth. Like, I hate my birth because I just like I I just relate with this part of Feyre so much where I'm like, I just. Can we just not do anything different than we would any other day? I could not Can be we? more opposite that from you. I'm like, I was born today. You're welcome, world. What are we doing to celebrate? <laughs> Although normally I don't do anything as big as what we did on my 30th, but that was a that was a big birthday. But usually I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm eating a nice ass meal tonight and I'm burying myself in cake and chocolate. Like that's how I want to celebrate <laughs> the day I entered the world. Hell yeah. As you should. Yeah. I just want to be around the people I love. Like, and you know, so at least Farah, she's around people she loves. But yeah, I I can see that. But it's just like that little bit of like, but you're awesome. Like people are gonna gonna wanna celebrate. Yeah, and also like for her, come on, you're not that dunce. Obviously, they didn't forget. They're pulling one over on you and you're kind of a ding dong. Yeah, I'm sorry, your majesty. No one is forgetting your birthday. Like, yeah. come on. You're a high lady. <laughs> Get your shit together. Yeah, jeez. So, yeah. Farah, Farah with nothing else to do, goes to her office to get some work done. Farah! Yeah, what the fuck? What is that shit? That? Yeah. Go eat now more that pastries. that is unacceptable behavior. Yeah, right? Now, let's paint some renderings of Reese's nude body. Like, let's expand upon those sketches. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, as she does this, Reese rightfully purrs down the bond, being, like, very festive, Farah doing work. And Farah asks where he is, but he won't disclose, simply telling her, I'll be home before dinner, I like, I think. <laughs> and <laughs> Farah just picks up some bookkeeping. Looking through her and Reese's budget, noting, hmm, there is enough money there to buy Polina Studio. But again, Farah just like can't stomach the idea of spending money on something so lavish, even if it's something that she thinks will help other people. I think she's still not like fully confident in this idea yet. Mm-hmm. Um because I think if she was, she would be, she would have already bought the studio, I think. I think it's because think so there's too. an element of it. Yeah. I think because it's like, right now, I think she feels like it's helping her more than it might help other people. She's kind of like, mm, I don't know. But yeah, I think she's just not there yet. So she remembers that Reese told her that Solstice was for spending time with family. So she puts away her paperwork good girl and goes in search of elaine and she finds her leaving the kitchen with a tray full of beautiful baked goods oh elaine offers Farah a pastry and informs her that she nuala and caridwin have been up for hours working on the feast for tonight and Farah thinks about just like how grateful she is to nuala and caridwin because they have truly they have done so much for Elaine. They and are Elaine's Gwen and Emery. They are. And I really hope we get more, like, I hope we dive more into that whenever we get a little bit more of Elaine. You know, like, what is what is that dynamic like? Like, because she does spend so, I mean, she's in the kitchen, like, all the time. I bet it is wholesome as heck. Ugh. I but I it. bet it's also like, oh, like a little, like it bring. I bet it brings out a little bit of like the darker sides of Elaine because I think Noala and Cardwin like they're good at their job. Not only do they do this kind of thing, but they also are extremely skilled spies, mm-hmm. and they can see a lot of things that others cannot, and that is a burden that Elaine also understands. 
Yeah. And I just think that they all have really unique skill sets that I imagine are often um, a little shadowed or obscure with the three of them that I think they could all like relate to each other in that way. And they're all quiet and softer. They just seem like kindred spirits. So I, yeah. I would love to know, like get more personality on Nuala and Cardwin to yes. see how, what, like what that's really like. Yeah. Like what are they outside of the formal front they put on for like Pharaoh when she's around? Yeah. Like that's what I, I want to see that. Yeah. I, I love it. I love, I just love, Sarah J. Moss's ability to show healing through friendships, like because it's such an important story to tell. I feel like a lot of people have, like, can relate to that, you know? For sure. So, let me see. Where was I? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Elaine is also grateful to them, too, because she got them Solstice presents. She got them both a blanket from that Weaver shop. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're besties and elaine just asks farah if she's heard from her and we don't need to have any names dropped here to know who we're talking about we all know we're talking about nesta and they like farah's about to answer elaine and then a knock sounds at the door and when farah opens the door it's not nesta but a smiling Lucian. Yay! (sighs) I want more Lucian. Well, you're about to get him. For like two seconds. (laughs) (laughs) He, okay. Up until this point, we always talk about, we're like, oh, poor little Lucy. He, I just cannot get over how much this man, male, gets just shit on. Uh, yeah, it just it Th- just like never ends, people. It never ends. This chapter I... is one of the first times that Farah, honest to God, just pisses mm. me off. I was just about to say that Farah has me mad in this in this chapter. Yep, like I was audibly like, "What the fuck, girl? Like what? Oh my god!" Yeah. Mm. So Farah again, I feel for Farah in the beginning because she's always the one. Like, being the boundary or, like, trying to break the horrible awkwardness between Lucian and Elaine. And so, and and they're, like, all just sitting there. And I just imagine them, like, quietly staring at each other. (laughs) Yeah. Until until Farrah just starts drilling him with questions. Like, where are you? What have you been up to? Blah, blah, blah. The whole nine yards. And we learn he's been spending a lot of time with Jurian and Vasa, who are both, like, the way he describes them, they're actually pretty great. And yeah. Jurian in particular is keeping things moving in a positive direction regarding the human territories and ultimately the protection of the humans from fairies. Mm-hmm. And Lucian stops himself. He's like, this isn't very solstice-like talk. Um, to which Elaine is like, I'll get up and get refreshments. Right. And she like bolts. She basically She's runs like through the wall. It's like the it's like one of those cartoon situations where the cartoon's running so fast there's like an imprint of them through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Elaine. Oh, that's also headcanon for me now. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Oh. And when she's gone, Lucian <laughs> Lucian just looks to Farah and she and he's like, Okay, how is she doing? And again, this is such a shitty spot for Farah to be in because she's like, well, she doesn't want to hurt Lucian's feelings. She doesn't want to betray Elaine's trust. So we're stuck in this weird, funky middle ground that's basically quicksand. It's a lose-lose lose situation for Farah, and she loses and at the end of this. They all lose. I was going to say, between all three of them, there is no... that. The Lucian Elaine situation is just a clusterfuck. Like, yep. I think everyone's going about it in a horrible way. Yeah. It's making me lean Elreal a little bit, to be entirely honest. Um, much more than mm-hmm. I ever thought I would. But I'm like, anyway, it's it's 
like sparking in the back of my mind. <laughs> but so she's gone and Farah explains to Lucian, like, look, she's still mourning the loss of her fiance. Right. This was only a couple months ago and she was extremely heartbroken and still is. So like Lucian, you have to wait for Elaine to heal. And he's more frank than we've ever heard him. And it's clear that Lucian has actually met Grayson, which mm -hmm. is a kind of a mind fuck to me. Yeah. Thinking <laughs> those two crossing paths because, okay, honestly, imagine whatever picture of Grayson you have in your mind, pull it up mm -hmm. for me. And then plop him next to whatever picture you have in your mind of Lucian. Mm. You tell me. You tell me which one you'd choose. Um, Lucian's probably looking at this guy like, is this motherfucker you like seriously? kidding me? <laughs> like, what an ego me. hit. Mother's tits. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, Lucian cannot. I feel this is the thing. I want at like, oh, like after reading all of this, you're right. I kind of want Asriel for Elaine, but I don't want Elaine for Asriel. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can. I actually yeah, totally like, agree with that. I love how you said that. Yeah, but like Lucian, I just want him to be happy. So if if Asriel is the key to maybe like bridging that, or I don't know, I I do still think that Lucian and Elaine could work. I just think. I just think, truly, it seems like right now, Lucian is, is, like, giving her, like, he didn't come in and, and was like, Elaine, like, how are you? Like, I've missed you terribly, darling. Like, no, he literally is just like, happy solstice. And she's like, bye. And I'm just like, which is why, know. Which is why I don't love Lucian and Elaine. And we'll, yeah. we'll get into that a little bit more. But yes. it's unreciprocated feelings are an instant no for me they're they're an instant yeah, no for me love. um yeah. so uh, what he says he just looks to farah and he just says he's as fine a prick as any i've ever encountered to which farah's like well i can't uh disagree with you there <laughs> but then but then it shifts and lucian says she wants nothing to do with me to which farah's like yeah Okay, I have eyes. I can see that. I know that. <laughs> like, she doesn't say that, but Duh. like, yeah. Obviously, why? I don't know. It's just such a. You're just stuck between a rock and a hard place, and this is the part where I have two parts of my brain that fight each other because I hate yes. how Farah always has to be the bigger person. It doesn't matter if she's with Elaine, with Lucian, with Nesta, with anyone. I feel like. Farah is always needing to be the bigger person. And I think, I guess part of that is like, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, like she is high lady. That is something that she needs to be able to do. But this is like in her personal relationships that she's always having to do this. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so again, Lucian is clearly upset. And Farah being always being like, oh, lean on me. She's like, why don't you stay in the house for a few weeks and just stay with us? Get to know her. You know, and Farah's just offering all she has to offer at this point in time. But Lucian is like, I don't want your charity. Stop offering your charity. And obviously, <sighs> this just pisses me off because that's not what this is. She is trying to help you. Yeah. But like, it, get that through your thick skull. Charity. What is up with all of these individuals and their pride being so high and so thick that they can't see or hear around it. It just, that's, I hate, I hate pride. I hate pride to yeah. a fault. It really gets under my yeah. skin. And Farah then realizes, again, she's so insightful. She realizes, hmm, Jurian and Vasa aren't just people. They are Lucian's friends. Like, these, these people are friends. Lucian isn't staying with them they're living together the manner that they're living in belongs to the three of them mm -hmm. and lucian explains he's like yeah we you know we call ourselves the band of exiles and i feel I like this that. is 
I feel like this is a vulnerable moment, and this Vera just Vera just shits on him, and I hate it. She's yeah. like very incredulous and straight up. She's a bad friend in this moment. Oh, and a thousand percent. She she all but discredits the name, saying things like, "Okay, Jurian isn't an exile." Uh, and what exactly does this band of exile plan to do? Host events, organize party planning committees, and that is low blow. Why? I why so are you? Why are you saying that? Mm. And I love, I live for his retort. He just looks at her and he says, you can be as much of an asshole as that maid of yours. You know that? Mm. And I agree. She can be. And. Yeah. That, that was an asshole thing to do. That was a super asshole thing to do. And not even like, not even in a Reese way. Because Reese no. does it to get under someone's skin. Farah just did that. There's no reason behind what she just did. Mm -hmm. um, and Lucian, oh my God, it gets worse, people. Yep. She looks at him and she's like, huh, I recognize that jacket. And Lucian is like, yeah, Tamlin shipped all of my stuff and dumped it on the front doorstep. So you can uh, thank your mate for causing Tamlin to retreat even further. Maybe you and your mate should realize it's not okay to kick a downed male. Yeah. Like, and it's again, not all about you. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah. But again, you know, we have mixed feelings. We don't particularly we do, feel do. bad for Tamlin. But. I, f I feel bad that it impacts Lucian. <laughs> yeah. But again, that's more of a reflection on Tamlin than it is on anyone yes. else. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is, is Lucian kind of thinks and he's like. It's it's not like it's just Tamlin. It is the entirety of the Spring Court. They don't trust me. They don't like me because of what you did. Because I was with you when shit hit the fan. And you didn't... I, Lucian didn't know what the hell was going on when all of that happened. But everyone in the Spring Court just assumes he was part of it. So Lucian is all but in exile from the Spring Court because of Farah. And she, she admits in this moment, she's like, I tried and i don't particularly feel bad and i'm like e i e to not the... even apologize to lucian to lucian ick ick farah uh, what is i just feel like w this doesn't seem very in character for her i don't know if it's because she's like stressed about nesta so she's just kind of like acting out like like it, this was weird right like this yeah felt weird. i think I think this is uh, this is one of the few things that I have on SJM where I'm like, it just doesn't, that doesn't line up to me. Honestly, mm -hmm. her entire feelings about the Spring Court in general, you can be, you can feel however you want about Tamlin, but the Spring Court borders the human lands. If you feel absolutely no remorse for the chaos that you created in the spring court, the fact that they now have no army. Tamlin is unprotected. His lands are unprotected. A lot of the individuals in the spring court have fled to other lands, leaving it extremely vulnerable and open for fairies to go right through the spring court into the human lands. If you feel bad about anything at all, it should probably be that we lost an army that can serve as a layer of protection to the humans. And yet, yes, that's not even something that's even acknowledged. And then you add on the secondary horrible effects to Lucian and we still don't feel bad. Mm, mm. That's not Farah to me. No. That sounds like SJM decided very early on that after all the <laughs> shit that went down, Farah was not going to feel bad about these things. No matter yep. what, where the character developed throughout the story. And it's like Farah developed, but this was the one mindset that didn't. You know? <laughs> it's like the one thing. Or like SJM's also pissed at Tamlin. She's just like, I can't let, like, no. No. True. Like Farah is, will be mad about this because I'm is mad SJ about this. <laughs> this is SJM projecting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my gosh. And so Lucian, at this point, he's like, oh, fuck this. He just turns to leave and he's like, there are two presents, the big ones for you, the small ones for her. 
<laughs> and he just leaves. He's like, fuck this. Bye. <laughs> and honestly, I don't blame him. Me either. Not at all. And so Farah goes, and this this is so hard because Farah goes in to find Elaine and like reprimands her. Like you couldn't say a single word to him, not even like a pleasant greeting. And again, I'm I have two parts of myself. I have the part of myself that honestly would consider doing the same thing. Yeah. That this is something that would come out of my mouth. Um mm-hmm. because I am a chronic people pleaser. Same. When when it same. comes to stuff like this, like yes. when it comes to like standing up for myself and something that I truly don't want to do, but like saying hi to someone just to make them a little bit more comfortable, sure. Mm-hmm. I I will always always do that. If I if someone says something that I don't really give two shits about, I'll agree with them just to make them happy. You, you mm-hmm. know, if mm-hmm. I care about something, I I'll stand up, no problem, but but the thing that I absolutely love that Elaine says right after this. And Elaine says, "Hmm, what entitles him to my time? My affections." In this, yes, yes, yes. Yes. You do not, you being anyone who is listening, anyone ever, you do not owe anyone anything. Not kind words, not a happy hello, nothing. No pleasantries, no affections. You don't even have to look their way if you are not comfortable or do not want to do so. Unless you want to. And she's drawn a line in the sand. And I, honest to God, I hope she keeps it. Until she wants to not doing it. Because, you know, what she's doing is not. She's still there. She is still maintaining her line in the sand. Letting everyone around know her desires without straight up saying it. But they also know what she doesn't want. Because she Mm -hmm. makes it damn clear. You know, she's not hurting anyone in the process. Yeah, Lucian's feelings are a little hurt. But that's okay. That's yeah. fine. That's his problem. That is not her responsibility. It is not her responsibility to cater to his feelings or how how he's reacting to her choices. Yeah, and that's, I think that's it's his definitely problem. Oh yeah, and I think the like Farah, I mean Farah obviously is friends with Lucian. So, I mean not that she just showed it very well in this chapter. Um, but True. Like, so I think, you know, she has a little bit of bias. And I think us as readers, too, like, because when Farrah said that at first, I was like, yeah, like, you could just say hello. And then when she said that, I'm like, oh, damn, like, she has a point. Like, it's so true. It's just so it's so hard because with Lucian, it's not. It's not like he's like a creepy stalker dude, right? Like, right. it's not like he has like malicious intention. It's also hard because he's literally being controlled by this thing inside of him that is like, you need to be with this person. Like, you're mm-hmm. supposed to love this person, but he like can't love her. She like won't let him love her. And so it's like, it's so hard from both sides. But also like, I agree with you. It's like, half of me is like, Yes, Elaine, it's so you're so right. Like you don't owe Lucian anything, but also the just like that that people pleasing fix every situation part of me is also like, but like you couldn't just say hi or like just like I don't know. It's so hard. It's so hard like looking at it from us as readers where we love Lucian. So I do agree. I, I like that Elaine's like, nope, like I don't have to, like, I'm still hung up on Grayson. Like, why would I give him any of my time? Like, right. And even, and I don't even think that's why. I don't think it's because she's hung up on Grayson. I just think she doesn't want to. I think it just freaks her out that he's so, that it's like, it was instant and it was, and it's only like, he's only experiencing that, which is interesting to me that she, that like with the mating bond it doesn't instantly like work both ways she can feel I it find though that... and and um yeah yeah what which one was that in echo was it echo war i think it it, it must have been an echo war yeah where she can like she can feel yeah. the bond um yeah 
but I think she is just turning into a strong individual Mm -hmm. who has, you know, she has, she knows what she doesn't want Mm -hmm. and she is okay with, with drawing that line. And I, I have a lot of respect for that. So yeah, I have this whole, from here on out, Elaine is like, I texted you this, was it today where I'm like, damn, Elaine, or it was, I don't know when it was, but I was like, Elaine is actually like, I don't know. She's growing on me. Like Mm -hmm. just, especially through silver flames. I'm just like, get it girl. You, you say what you need to say for people to stop walking all over you. Basically. Yes. Yes. I love it. And at this point, Farah is kind of over it. So she just leaves and she finds more out in the sitting room and very gladly takes a drink from more. And beautiful Moore gives her some beautiful advice. She says, stay out of it. (laughs) Let them figure it out. They know the situation better than you. So let it happen without your interference. Just let it happen. That's it's okay to do that. It's okay to be in a position that you know that two people that you love aren't exactly super happy with their situation. It is okay Mm -hmm. to not Superman your way in there and try to fix everything because sometimes that just makes it worse. Yeah. And the thing is, if it's going to work out between the two of them, like nothing you're going to do is going to make it any better. It's like it's either going to happen in its own time. Or it's not. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when Farah asks where the Bat Boys went off to, Mora's like, Reese didn't tell you, did he? So instead of explaining, Moore just winnows her to the cabin. And what Farah sees is absolutely hysterical. She sees snow forts and then something white shooting across the field. Very shortly after, followed by a Cassian yowl. And he just screams, you bastard. And there there are three walls, huge walls of snow. There are barricades erected for each of them for a snowball fight, people. No wings, no magic, no breaks. Every year since they were children. Since they were children. This is amazing. This is... I love that Moore just shows her because... Could you imagine her just being like, they're having a snowball fight? Yeah. And Pharaoh would probably just be like, what? I'm sorry. Excuse me, what? What? (laughs) Like, I love that she's just like, I have to show you because you... It will make no sense. Like, you won't believe it. And it's just, it's just wholesome. It's wholesome mm-hmm. as hook. And Mora and Farah, like, the Bat Boys don't even, don't even look their way. They don't even acknowledge that they're there. By these Mm-mm. battling Illyrians. So the two of them head into the cabin to warm up and celebrate. And Farah just says, Illyrian babies indeed. Illyrian <laughs> babies. Oh my god. <sighs> Why so can't it that, stay this happy forever? I was going to say, that's why, like, this episode, like I was saying, is just, Nesta's not in it, but it just kind of is a little bit more, like, uplifting and positive. And even the next episode where we do get a little bit more of Nesta, it's not all, it, it's not all negative. There are, there are moments. Yeah. And she's there and not making everyone's life a living hell. So we can look forward Which to that. Rare. <laughs> Uh, something to look forward to (laughs) yeah i just think solstice sounds so cozy and lovely and fun i can i just say the only bad thing about reading this around the actual holidays is i miss you so much i know i was like why are we not together this this has to be the last year we're apart for the holidays. I can't handle yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really, really weird. It's amazing how you have your family that you like grew up with, but mm-hmm. then suddenly like we met you two and we had like a couple holidays together. And now it's like, that's in my mind, that's like who I'm supposed to like, you're who I'm supposed to be with. And it's weird if I'm yeah. not. 
It feels like it's always like that's how my holidays have always been. Yeah. <laughs> it's so strange. So it's super bizarre that we weren't able to do our holidays together. So I agree with yes. you. This is the last year. The that's last it. year. You guys heard it here first. So I refuse. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> next year you got to hold us accountable. Yeah. Catch oh, us. Man. God knows where, but <laughs> we'll be we'll together. Figure it out eventually. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was a wonderful episode. Make sure you guys read chapters 19 through 21 to be prepared for next week's episode. We're rapidly approaching the end of this book. We sure are. Oh, man. Thank you. We have two episodes left. Yes. That's until we start Silver Flames. (gasps) mm, I've just gotten to the blowjob scene in silver flame so things are looking up for me i got past a lot of the shit in the beginning and now it's paying off i'm listening to it non-stop yes oh god oh so yeah thank you guys for choosing to be a part of our book club um we appreciate your support especially our beautiful patreon members also be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on spotify or apple podcast and follow us on instagram at house of wind pod as always, email us your theories, burning questions, or anything else at houseofwindpodcast at gmail.com. And all of this information can also be found in the show notes. We'll talk to you next week. Stay smutty. Stay smutty.